0: Again, guys, thank you for listening to the next entry. Uh, My last one, I was talking about a Netflix original show, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and I had mentioned another show on there that Netflix is doing that's a live action adaptation of another kind of world of what I was talking about with Sabrina. And I figured if I mentioned that one, I might as well talk about it now because I have seen it and it's still very much in its, you know, early stages. It's only had one it only has one season and the season is only 6 episodes long. Uh, I'm guessing it was kind of a tester in a way to see if maybe it would work. I don't know. I do believe that there's a lot of potential for this. Uh, it's uh, Fate the Wink Saga. It premiered back in January of this year. So it's pretty new. Uh, not too much to binge, again, only six episodes long, uh, they're not too long, I wanna say they're something like 45, 50 minutes, you know, about an hour each, uh, and of course I'm also gonna say that it doesn't feel like there's any sort of unnecessary storytelling in it, each episode feels worth it, and I do feel that if they added any more than the six that are there, it probably would've felt like some of the story was filler, almost, like it almost wouldn't make sense. And even now, maybe a couple of things might feel like it's filler story for you if you watch it, but I didn't get that feeling. I actually appreciated it for what it was worth, even though it's kind of not even in you know my demographic. I just I watch a lot of Netflix. I can't really say anything else. Um, the demographic is basically that it's meant to be like a teen show, and I guess maybe that's why sometimes I'll be I would have been watching it. I see what these characters are doing, and I just I just get annoyed because. They make really dumb, typical teenager in a movie or television show things, and I know it's meant to portray that. It's meant to be kind of on the same realm as like the Vampire Diaries or um, any other teenage-related show you could think of. That's that's essentially what this is giving you. It's still enjoyable, I guess, but maybe not for a person who wouldn't find the enjoyment in it. See, I I like its portrayal. Um, Like I said in the Sabrina entry, there's a different way of storytelling with what they gave us or what the origins of this kind of concept is. And what this show is, it's basically a retelling, a more serious adaptation of this Nickelodeon series called Winx Club, which aired... For like eight seasons back in, uh, I don't know, two thousand and four, two thousand and five, something like that, and it's it's a cartoon. It looks they look almost like Bratz dolls in the cartoon. So you would look at that and go, all right, that's a kids show. It's meant to be on the same like network. It's Nicktoons. It comes on after My Little Pony, and it, and right after that, it's you know, uh, Dora the Explorer. It's meant to be in lines with that. Why would any of that be something that we want to see? Well, this is what happens when you take stories like that and you get good writers who can kind of flip the script on that kind on this story and make it where not only is it modernized, not only is it a lot darker, but it's also more adult-orientated. Even though it is a teen film, if you figure that it came out in 2005 when a lot of these people who were watching it, a lot of these kids who were watching it, I should say, were four, five years old, six years old. 2005, they're 20 years old now. You know what I mean? They're, some of them might even be, you know, 18, maybe just graduating from high school. Their parents have a Netflix account. They look at that and they go, oh my goodness, I used to watch that when I was a baby. Let me see this new variation. And this is what I tried to express in the Sabrina entry, is that, We have a generation of people who grew up with a certain way that this story is being told. And when you revamp that into who it's for now, it's for them. It's for the people who grew up with these cartoonish cartoonish variations, these fun-loving variations, these comical versions of the story. When you look at Batman in the 60s, Adam West is not Michael Keaton. And then you get Michael Keaton, and he's, he's a more modernized version. Even the Adam West version is more of a modern telling of that same comic for that generation before him who was reading it. And these portrayals of these characters are very important to a lot of people, and it also feeds off of lo- a lot of nostalgia. See, my nostalgia, unfortunately, is very rooted in the 90s, But we're getting into that era with all these kids born in 2000 and 2002 and 2003. They're all almost adults now. If they're not adults, they're teenagers. And they were raised on this stuff. They were raised on the Wink Saga. They were raised on all of these shows that are now getting these other adaptations. Just like we're getting our other adaptations. I remember going to see the Power Rangers film, in theaters in 2017, and I'm not even kidding you, if you went to go see it, you could probably attest to that as well, there are just as many kids as there are adults. Why? Because all of those adults were kids like me who ran home from school the day it premiered because you kept seeing commercials and you kept going, I need to watch that. We're hitting that point in history now that that's happening again. It's now that all of those cartoons and all of those fun-loving shows from the early 2000s are now probably going to start getting more of these because it's going to appeal to that generation. It's going to appeal to the people who were born during it, raised on it, and now they're adults, and maybe they'll go back and watch that version? But why bother? Make this new version for them. And you still make money because ratings will still go up because not only are you getting this generation of, ki- of people who are going to watch it, teenagers that didn't even know what the Wings Club is, but now you're going to get those teenagers from back then who were fans who are going to watch it, who are adults now who are going to watch it, who are people who really like the idea of the fantasy genre who are going to watch it. Me and my wife were trying to find something that we could really sink our teeth into because we have this craving for something that gives us the Game of Thrones feel. We've been watching show after show just trying to find something in the fantasy realm. And this appealed to us to that extent. I never watched it. My wife never watched it. But we don't have to. Because this is now a variation for adults like me who like that kind of storytelling. And for everybody else who I just mentioned. And, again, this is another way that they open the door to the possibilities of what doing something like this, what making a show like this, off of what it's originally created for, and make it successful. I really do hope that it sticks to its... Not its roots into the sense of where it comes from, but in the sense of the roots of what it's already planted for the show that it created with these six episodes. It's very fun... And it also has a lot of twists and turns that you wouldn't expect out of a show like this, but you get them, and they're enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Again, I can't talk much about it. It's only one season, and there are only six episodes, and I don't want to spoil too much either. But if you're looking for something that's very fantasy-orientated, and you're kind of in the middle of shows, and you're binging like crazy, like maybe you're home, maybe you're bored on the weekends, it's still a pandemic, and we're still trying to find stuff to do. This is a quick one. You know, this is, this is a Saturday morning starter that you could probably finish by, you know, Saturday, after, Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. You know, if you're home on a Friday night because all the bars around you are closed and you want to kill, you know, five or six hours, you can watch a couple episodes of this and be done with it and still feel satisfied. You know, it's almost like watching a movie that's really long and waiting for the sequel. I mean, you could say that about every show, but this one more so because, again, it's only six episodes and they're not that long. So it almost makes you feel like you're watching another. I mean, I hate to say it again, but another Schneider cut. Because I sat one night, one sitting, and watched a, the full four-hour Schneider cut. You could watch this in one sitting if you dedicate it. It's like that. It's like that meme that floats around. Every pizza is an individual pizza, if you have if you have enough. <laughs> Every pizza is an individual pizza. What does it say? If you have... Um, oh, damn it, I can't remember what the ending of it is. But you get where I'm going. I, that's what this is. Every show is essentially a really long movie. If you have the dedication. That's what it is, if you have the dedication. Uh, so yeah, I would say give this a shot. It's not going to be long. It's definitely worth watching. And hopefully they stick to it with the season 2. It's def- It's been renewed. It's been renewed as of February. I don't know when the filming is going to start. And I don't know how long it took them to film this, but it didn't seem like it was restricted by anything happening with the pandemic going on, like other shows have kind of been portraying in a way. So maybe because it was filmed, I believe I believe most of the filming happened in Italy or in, or in Ireland, maybe. I'm not sure. I remember reading that somewhere. So maybe they have different restrictions over there that gave them some more openness to do the filming and get the story done right. Uh, But yeah, again, I say watch it.